And welcome to BiblioChat. I'm your host, Forrest Robot. On this episode, I would like to take a closer look at the violence, paranoia, and warfare of early modern trade, which is roughly the period of from the 17th century to the 19th century. Over the last few episodes, I've made connections to modern capitalism and how there's a lot of similarities between modern companies and the British East India Company, as we saw with the episode with Taylor Weeks. Harris Analytics has a similar organizational structure to the British East India Company. As Taylor described, managers of the company are given a lot of leeway and flexibility to make their own decisions regarding their teams. They know their teams the best, they know what their job is, what their responsibilities are, and they're given the leeway to make their own decisions and function, as Taylor described, as their own CEO. And the British East India Company, with the goal of really conquering the world, you had to have individual managers that could make their own decisions, given that the company literally expanded across the globe. You need very competent managers who can react and adapt quickly to different environments. And while these similarities are useful in understanding the British East India Company, there are a few elements which are completely unique to early modern trade, and that's violence and warfare, which were conditions that managers had to navigate throughout the history of the company. And on this episode, I would like to look at the Amboynia Massacre, which took place in 1623, where several British East India Company employees were tortured and executed by the Dutch East India Company. So we'll look at how this event occurred and how, and, and how it reflects the trading environment of the 17th century. So the Dutch were the first to establish a presence in the Amboynia region in Indonesia. The Dutch successfully displaced the Portuguese, who had several trading posts in that area. And by 1620, the British East India Company emerged, and tensions obviously quickly arose between the two companies who, who competed against one another over these valuable spices. But rather than going to war, the two companies agreed to a peace treaty where, where they agreed to divide the region equally and even share the same trading outposts. While still relations between them remained precarious, they were efficiently working together. But slowly over time, as the English started to increase their presence in the region, the Dutch governor, Ermin van Spult, started to grow slowly paranoid about an English takeover. Then one night in 1623, a Japanese mercenary, apparently under the employ of the British East India Company, was caught spying on a Dutch fort. And for Ermin van Spult, this was the last straw and a confirmation of his suspicion of a British takeover. The Japanese mercenary was arrested, tortured, and he admitted to the British planning of a takeover of the Dutch fort Victoria, in which the English were simply waiting for a British warship to arrive that would aid in the British takeover of the region. And obviously this confession is very suspect given he was tortured, and the case is still open to debate as to whether what really happened. Some theories support that this mercenary was simply kidnapped, tortured, and forced this confession in order to give the 
governor the excuse to murder the other British employees. Either way, this case is interesting to examine because it shows how you have to be ruthless in order to survive. And you have to know when to use violent action in order not just to survive, but to succeed. The British East India Company was a product of their environment. And this example lends an understanding to this environment. Being a successful company in the 17th century, a successful trading company requires not just organizational ability, good managers, and strategic alliances, but also a ruthlessness. And this ruthlessness is what is very specific and unique to early modern trade. Next, next week, we'll look at another example of the Opium Wars, when the British East India Company, much later in their history, really when they reached almost the peak of their powers, went to war against China. And we'll look at, on a larger scale, an example of initiating warfare and how the British use their naval might in an economic perspective. Thank you for listening.